When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. It is Harrison Starr and Ben Ross in that order. Ben, how are you <laughs> doing, my friends? For it's really for the first time of my I, it feels like I'm a watching fandom. I can sort of, you know, wrestling aside, sort of call myself a champion. You and it's bet. weird. I don't you know. How, so I don't much. know how to act. Uh, well, yes, I blogged <laughs> this team through adversity. Um, I mean, I've been following, you know, Fran's first year on campus was my first year. And it's just been co- cool to see his trajectory. I was able to cover the team. Um, so I got to know him and be around the team as intimately and objectively Um uh, as I could have been at that time. And it was a great experience. And it's just fun to, I mean, really we've always, I mean, we're, we're, we are reaping what we've sowed. We've been the most pro Fran podcast out there. And finally it's uh, for people like us, it just uh, vindication is not the right word, but neither is pride or like feeling being proud of Fran, but like I am Right. I've never been I, proud of anything before in my <laughs> life. And I just like, so, and again, this goes with like this feeling um, that's foreign. I, I feel like being now that, I mean, talking through it, I feel like proud of Fran is and proud of this team is the right way. Even though like I haven't touched, I haven't done anything with them, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you have a, a great perspective. Like I, I love hearing about your time covering the team uh, back for the daily Iowan. I think that being on the ground floor, so to speak, that was certainly an angle that I didn't have. Right. I mean, I, at the time I was out, oh, there we go. We got the, the Fran. I just pulled out. I've got a fran, rock and rock and roll Fran bobblehead that we got. I mean, it was one night and like the media members always get the gifts that fans give out. And I've had this rock and roll friend bobblehead with me always. It's like the only piece of Iowa memorabilia I keep around. The guitar is even broken on it. Not like our spirits, Ben. Our our spirits are sky high. Um, But but where where I kind of came in as a Hawkeye fan whole, whole life, right? But when Fran was hired it was probably the most distance I had from Iowa sports. Like it was kind of the, the peak of Purdue basketball, uh, short, which was also followed shortly by the, the Nadir of Purdue basketball with Robbie Hummel tearing his ACL. But it was probably, it was the closest I ever came to probably not being an Iowa basketball fan. And I think as, I've left Purdue, you know, always, always follow them, but always had that fandom of, of uh, Iowa sports and 
Fran McCaffrey especially, I've always thought that he has never been understood. And Brendan Quinn wrote pretty well about that um, for The Athletic. And I don't know if it helps people understand Fran more, but I think it really hammered home the point that he he makes a square peg round hole situation fit as well as it can. And the kids he's raised, uh, we love them, but we don't have like that, those stories of him like bouncing Connor McCaffrey on his knee while coaching college basketball games. I mean, that wasn't something we saw, but they've put down roots here. And as you said, like reaping what we sow, I, I do think that, for, for me, it's thrilling. I'm thrilled for Fran. I think he's put a lot of work into it. I think this season has had its trials and tribulations. And I, I just, I, I'm really happy for them. I, I don't know if I'm proud. I, I think, you know, that's probably one word for it, but I'm just really happy for them. Um, because it's just been kind of a long time coming. You know, I think, I think that that's kind of where, where, I come down to it both in terms of Iowa's lack of success in the postseason, whether it be from the Big Ten tournament or in the NCAA tournament, plus just Fran finding his guy. And I think Keegan Keegan has been that that player he always talks about in terms of length, ball handling, shooting, defense, tall. And it's Keegan, and I think in some ways it's the least obvious way that it could happen, but in, in other ways it's almost like the most obvious. Of course Fran was going to be the first guy to offer a pair of twins that you know grew up playing with his sons that were on the peripheries and then legacy recruits at that. Of course he was going to be the first to offer them, and boy did that – has that paid off for him? It, it just kind of goes into like, I, I feel like a lot of Fran's successes ben? are being um, pointed to towards his luck is sort of, they're kind of explained away. Um, like, you know, him, like like um, Luca Luca Garza's success being chalked up to his dad and um, getting you know having two Division One players around uh, you know at his breakfast table and um, <clears throat> you know also playing with just like him sort of I don't know in his temper too he's always just had the, the stigma around him and you know a lot of that was earned. But Fran has really totally cooled down, I mean, to his credit, over the past five years and really ten years. Um, And it's just we're watching him develop in a way that maybe we we watch players develop, you know, Um, which is uh, something we get when uh, – I mean, he's been there 14 years, right? So (laughs) – I mean, I mean, once Izzo is—is is he the third most tenured coach in the Big Ten? 
I believe so. Is it Izzo, Izzo, Izzo Painter, Fran? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there could be a time where he is the dean of Big Ten coaches. I think Izzo's talked about retiring. And, I mean, Matt Painter, I kind of feel like a little bit hot seedy if they don't make a little run here. Um, I was reading Hammer and Rails this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And today, and it was bad. Like, they weren't even – Per the, the Hammer and Rails blog, to their credit, the Purdue blog is good. Almost, there are so few criticisms of them being like, we got jobbed. There are a couple, you know, you know like refs were bad, gave the game to Iowa, but most of them were Matt Painter has like squandered this, and Jaden Ivey is overrated, which don't really agree with. He just kind of had a, a, a pretty bad game, which give credit to Iowa for that. Um, but just like the way how Purdue has um, totally and completely underperformed, like they were supposed to win two Big Ten championships this year in the tournament and the regular season, and they didn't win any of those. And there and there was even an opportunity to tie for the Big Ten tournament for Big Ten yeah. regular season. Um, so, and some people are saying they had three chances to reach any of those goals and didn't. And and I feel like. Uh, now, like how how uh, everything we're saying kind of is is for naught if Iowa goes and falls flat on its face. Are you like afraid of that happening? Of us? I mean, it feels like Sweet Sixteen is a minimum. I was going through somebody aggregated all of like the Talking Heads' picks on ESPN, and there were like five guys who had Iowa in their Final Four. Um, Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable. I have two feelings on that. I I think, and this is a discussion that's happened in our Slack quite a bit. Um, Just in terms of expectations, right? Because I think everyone expectation in the season was bubble. It wasn't even like tournament or bust. It was, Hey, they're going to be a bubble team. You're going to take the lumps that a bubble team does. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Blew past that, I would say. Uh, we had discussions, I think, it, after the Michigan State game, just before the Michigan one, you you were still like, ah, but what are they really? Um, I was a little more committed at that point. But in my opinion, what it comes down to with the tournament, I think we'll, we'll get to it a little later, but I think from an expectation standpoint, we've seen what this team can do. We see the path in front of them and it's not an expectation I think, but I think it is, if not now, when I I think that that's kind of how I look at it. Um, I think a lot of major criticism last year with Garza was if not now, when, and (laughs) is is when now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point because, because, you don't know when win is right. Like, I, I mean, I think that that's the way it goes. I think that the thing about this team that is magnitudes different than last year. And, and I think may catch some casual fans at bay or, or off guard. If, if they're used to classic Iowa and Iowa does play well, is that athleticism. Like the there's 
nothing necessarily holding them back from an athleticism standpoint that has in the past. And I think a truly sensational big guy is the type of person that can hurt Iowa. I think big guards can get into to Iowa's guards, but they also they don't have the classic weaknesses that that Iowa teams have had in the past. And I think that's a huge credit to kind of going on the fly. Like I, I, Philip Robracha, I mean, I, I talk about him all the time, but I think he's been key in allowing Iowa's defense to set up the way that it does. Um, he's not going to close many games, but between him starting and allowing Chris Murray to come off the bench, the Murray's closing it down at the four and five. You know, I think that that's really important. And that's, that's a, a dimension Iowa just hasn't had in the past. Like Luca Garza, Eric Hansen, um, trying to think of Adam Woodbury. Those are kind of the, the last 20 years where those have been like the kind of classic Iowa centers kind of slow. Woodbury was pretty good defensively. Eric Hansen, um, great shot blocker, but in a modern game, they don't have like necessarily that athleticism to, to guard the easiest play in basketball, the, the, the pick and roll. Uh, I, I think they, they struggle with that at times. That's not something that hurts Iowa this year necessarily. Um, and from a, a I guess to get get back to it, if not now, when? Um, I, I think that that's the question. And if we're sitting here having this discussion again next year, Ben, uh, I'll be a little sad. But, um, you know, I, I think they have the pieces and we've seen the caliber that, that they, they can reach. They've, they've been winning games without playing their best, Ben. I, I think that that's also an exciting thing about this team. In some ways, do you not think the Purdue game was their best game of the year, though? They well, let's let's. Just, I mean, from a box score perspective, it wasn't. From no, I think I think. But you from, have to take the opponent and the circumstance into account. I think that's that a great was basically point. a home. That was home, basically a home game for Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, yeah, it was. That, that's a great point. I, I think in, in Iowa. Played great defensively. Like I mean, they made the number one offense in the country not be the number one offense in the country anymore by way of their defense forcing boatload of turnovers. Um, they struggle on the boards, but I guess to your point, that's that's a weakness against Purdue that you kind of chalk up to something that you're going to face with them. But they got key offensive boards when they needed to. Well, my that's sort of my point is for I, I guess this is a luxury of playing having played them twice previously. So Fran, I think, threw the book away and gave Josh Agundale ten minutes and gave Ryan Riley Mulvey four <laughs> minutes, and it worked. And uh, Joe Toussaint had four tur- turnovers, and like getting all these guys involved. It, Iowa, I like. I don't know if at any other time they win this game of the season because they haven't. They lost Purdue twice previously, and they just found a way to rattle off four straight wins. And 
in this tournament setting. That's really exciting and everything. And I just feel like, so like, how do you feel if, do you think, I, I believe the committee had, I was seated at a five before the game started or ended. Do you think Iowa played themselves into a four seed if that's not the way the world worked or three seed even? Yeah. So I think that's a great question. I think that the way the committee looks at things now more or less has your seed baked on if, if not Saturday evening before Saturday, like I I think especially for the big 10 tournament, you know, you're adding three games for some teams. Uh, Iowa added four. That's a bit over 10% of your your body of work, so to speak. And the fact that they don't have that emphasis on last 10 to 12 being more body of work focused, um, I think Iowa was probably – they probably played themselves into a five seed. Um with their two wins, the the first two wins, just to keep them uh, out of the six. They were the worst five seed, I thought, I saw. Um, but they're playing, like, better than a five seed, as, as our beloved Dick Vitale has assured us. So this is – I don't totally agree with this statement, but I think there is some truth to it. it this is the first time, really, it feels like – where I was entering this part of the season with a full head of steam. There's been a lot of times um, where they're going in ass first or just sort of timidly walking, like losing to Illinois last year in the Big Ten tournament after beating Wisconsin for the third time just didn't feel comfortable, I guess. And then, you know, we saw what what happened there. So what – I'll just ask you then, what's it going to take for you – to walk away and say the season was an incredible, outstanding success. I mean, I think it's already been a success. That's but, I knew you were going to say that, but like, but the incredible, outstanding portion, Sweet Sixteen. Like, I, I think, I think, I, I think that's it. But I'm with. I, I've I've been a little overly negative. I think on this team all season. You know, I said six weeks ago that I didn't think they were a tournament team. Um. Uh, more like two months ago. But anyway, I, I just don't – that being said, I just don't know how, like, you know, losing – I'm talking myself into losing to Richmond and then talking myself into Providence beating us. And I just can't get away from feeling just sad and disappointed and, and a little bit angry and mad if Iowa doesn't reach the second round, second weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair – also opinion. talking about something that hasn't happened yet. Exactly. Either. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair way to frame it. Just because they're the best of those four teams. Like, I mean, I, almost any metric. Like, I'm not saying this rooted in Hawkeye fandom. They've they're the best of these four teams. Providence has skated by winning a ton of close games. Iowa's won a ton of big games. They've won two games. I, I would even throw Rutgers in a little bit where their medal was ch- tested. Um, I think 
it'll take a really off night from Iowa and a really good night from one of the other three teams to beat them. And that's certainly possible. This is college basketball. Is Fran, Fran was committed to, to his two foul jail. Is he going to be committed to his two foul jail if Keegan picks up two cheap ones in five minutes against Richmond? I don't want to find out. Were you a part of me was surprised he was stuck with the two foul jail with was it Chris who got him in the first half? And Robracho. I well <laughs> I, I feel like wasn't there a situation where he played Robracho over Chris too with two fouls? Um, um I don't think in the first I half. I don't know. No. Maybe not then. Uh I was like surprised because I just kind of thought like we need the bodies and they did. But I guess that's how you get Josh Gundelay getting ten minutes and what, how many points? Three points. Um, four. four. God. I can't um, believe that, Like, I want to talk about he, his first basket blew me away. Neither the of them, way. I thought, were – they both looked like feeble attempts. One, like, it was miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, going up, uh, up against Edie, I thought it was just incredible. And then both Agundale and Mulvey having the audacity to shoot perimeter jump shots. Like, I can't believe we live to tell that tale. I mean, Mulvey's at least hit rim. Agundale was the most predictable outcome of all time. He was feeling uh, it. Yeah, I mean, let him. So, what were we talking about, though? The two foul jail stuff, yeah. Yeah. I guess, but this team, they just have so many bodies now. I feel like they can not shoot themselves out of a slump, but just try new guys and get, get them out there. And I mean, Fran played at probably at least four or five combination lineup combinations. He'd never played before all season on Sunday. Right. Um, if not five, you know, that, that seems like a lot, but at least like anything with a Kundalay out there um, and Moldy. So I just feel like that this team has the magic and I'm really happy. Like also I've like talked myself into like this draw was handpicked for Iowa too, for a five seed perspective, like my favorite tweet of the week. Yeah, I mostly stayed in all weekend watching these conference games and being stupid on online. And my favorite tweet of the whole weekend was when Providence was getting the fucking doors blown off them was, uh, the are uh, the Yukon blog. I think it's no escalator said who could have seen this coming besides everyone, uh, with a Ken Palm account because he'd been harping on Providence all season long. Um, so it's just, it, it just kind of feels like the, the table's really set for, <laughs> I was about to yeah. say disappointment, but set for opportunity. Ben. Oppor- opportunity. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, some corporate uh, reverse speak for you right there. No, like, I mean, I think do, do we want to get into the tournament or do you want to recount the, the big 10 one last, one last go around? Do you have like 30 seconds on each game? You what you want to relive? Um, yeah, honestly, I think Iowa and Wisconsin are only two big 10 teams that do anything. I think everybody stinks. I think just cause Purdue, I really like, I, I do. I really do like Purdue. I just, we talked about last time, Matt Painter might be kind of stinky and his track record is kind of the same way with Fran in this way, precedes himself. Um, so I just don't like what they're doing. I think Wisconsin got the cakiest draw of any other team, the entire tourney. Um, yeah. 
getting their games in Milwaukee. Um, I, I don't understand how you not only one put Michigan in and then two make Indiana play in after Indiana just pulled off an incredible win over Michigan. Like, are you kidding? Uh, 17 wins shouldn't get you in the tournament. I, not even that, what seed were they? Were they a 10 seed? They were a clean 11. Like what the hell? Truly, what are we doing here? With with that, yeah, I don't, and, and, and I haven't seen anything written about that either. I, can you imagine Iowa getting in as a 17 seed? I can't because like we've been at times where they get 20, or, uh, getting in with 17 wins. Excuse me. There have been times where like Iowa's at hovering at 21 wins, and we think we're on the bubble. It's insane. Yeah, and like poor Colorado State has to jump two time zones. They they have to deal with uh, daylight saving time like the rest of us into Indianapolis where they get to play Michigan who takes a bus ride down. Like the first game of the tournament, the first game of the, the first round. Like poor Nico Med, Medved, poor, poor Rob Donaldson, uh, fan of Colorado State. Um I, I Michigan got way more than they deserved. Way more than they deserved. First time that's ever happened in that school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, just kind of going down the rest of the Big Ten. I do agree with you about about Wisconsin. Like, the thing... I mean, I guess bugs- they play... I mean, sorry, uh, not to cut you off, but, like, I guess they will get Auburn eventually, but... I don't think Auburn Auburn's beatable too. Like yeah, they're, talking, they're yeah. deserving of a two seed, but honestly, I, I kind of feel like Bruce Pearl is hexed. Like they got jobbed in 2019 in Virginia in the no dribble, double dribble call uh, or against Virginia rather in Minneapolis. And I just feel like everybody hates him, and they're not going to let Bruce Pearl do anything in this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that one. Yeah, because they then they yeah they have them up against giant killer Loyola Chicago uh, as the potential second round for what which is Ohio State. Um, that's an interesting one. Loyola Ohio State Ohio State's a team that I would absolutely love if they were one hundred percent healthy, but they are not. So, but you you're right. You look at the draw that. Wisconsin got they get Colgate and I saw Jeff Poithros I think that's how you pronounce his last name he's like oh wow Colgate's a well a well uh coach team they know how to make three pointers like god Wisconsin's somehow gonna pull that one out of their rear they're gonna pull out some game against LSU and Iowa State out out of their rear probably LSU just because of course the team without a head coach is gonna win that game and then they're in the sweet 16 without having to and they're they're staying in their Madison dormitories uh, while they're doing it. It sucks. I hate it. And it only gives like more opportunity for Johnny Davis to incorrectly earn more airtime than Keegan Murray. So that just makes me, and Wisconsin just sort of has a history of doing well in the, in the tourney too. Um, in general. So I just, 
I, I like uh, us and I like the two of us advancing and, and nobody. And then Illinois, we haven't talked about like they can just uh, they can get heft. I, I don't care. I, I think Corbello is a fraud and uh, everybody was saying today and I have to agree with this, like big men don't win in March. So it's like, what's that going to do for Coburn and Edie and Williams and that's the other thing we've talked about a little bit is when Iowa was really struggling, we were, I, I will give myself this credit. Uh, I was, you know, I was saying that this is the first time I was, that I've, that friends really lapped a true five, true big, true center. And Iowa wasn't, and, uh, and when Bohannon was slumping and Keegan was slumping, uh, lacked a center and last a sharpshooting, uh, a sharpshooter or multiple sharpshooters. And, I did say that, well, maybe that's a re- maybe now we'll see Iowa advance because they don't fit their former blueprint and um, teams that have sort of uh, not generic, typical roster constructions that are, you know, uh, for one through five is just like they they just don't always do super well unless uh, all five of those players are superstars. A la you get Gonzaga or Duke or um any of those blue bloods like you look at that florida gulf coast team that made a run i think started four guards and a power forward right like yeah um just just crazy crazy things and that's that's sort of that what i what i'm saying is what i see that roster construction uh, more than any other team in between purdue and illinois and purdue has jay Ivey and illinois doesn't yeah, I mean, I think because Illinois would have Houston after that, and Houston, Houston could probably shadow box them. I mean, that that, that that's going to be a tough one. Um, if Houston gets through UAB, of course, I think they UAB is the, the one twelve. I think that is the most interesting in terms of like matchups. I, I think as I search through my phone, um, I don't know that. That's the one that scares me. Oh, because the other one, St. Mary's and the winner of IU, Wyoming. That's one of them. I I very early in the season was like, IU should be good. They were fine. And they probably don't get in the tournament without Indiana on the front of their jersey. But their path. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. I mean... I mean the thing, but that's the that that gets back to your big guys in March. Yeah, but Trace Jackson Davis, how big is he really? He's smaller than all those other guys I've mentioned, right? Yeah, he's more power forward. I would yeah. say. To, I mean, to, I was, but he, I, I I know he ate Iowa's lunch, but he doesn't have nearly the size as then. I mean, nobody's as big as Zach Eady, but he doesn't have the size of Williams or Coburn, right? Right, yeah, I think that he's or Hunter Dickinson for that matter. Yeah. Oh, great point. Great point. So as we kind of bounce around our our Big Ten stuff, do we need to circle back to Iowa and their pod, or do you do you feel like we we covered it pretty well? I we covered it because I just don't want to talk. I don't want to 
any, any more discussion would be Sweet 16 and beyond, I think. And okay. I don't want to really talk about it. You don't want to do that. Okay, that's fair. Right? So, I mean, we I shit yeah. on Providence properly, and I don't know enough about Davidson, unless you did all the scouting reports already. Or not Davidson, excuse me, Richmond. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, probably going to try and find some of their games online. Go to some Dutch websites, see see them there. Um, who knows? Who knows? So uh, as I think about, so I don't think you answered this question that you posed way at the beginning in terms of the the grade of success of this season so far. Do you? Where do you have it? Well, it has to be what we just watched. It has to be just the Big Ten tournament title because I think saying like the greatest success, I mean, if we're being honest, it's, you know, just a turnaround. What, eight wins in 10 games to close out the season, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that by itself, obviously, is that. Um, But at the same time, too, none of those wins included wins over a ranked team, right? When we beat Michigan State, they weren't ranked. Ohio State was. Okay. Yeah, and I oh, I missed that game, so it's easy for me. Was that I was only ranked one of one of the entire year until Purdue? I think I think you're correct there. Yeah, because so like, like people are truthering. I mean, not they're not doing this, but people can truther sort of. I was six, their wins in that way, right? So not to say I'm not putting an asterisk on that, but like there's no way you can put an asterisk on the Big Ten tournament title run. You just can't. So it's unimpeachable, yeah. it's spotless, it's clean, it's easy. Jordan Bohannon has a trophy and lots of receipts, and and that's that. I think that's fair. Do you want to talk about the receipts? Or are you lucky you dodged a bullet? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad I'm not on Instagram. And <laughs> I'm more glad I'm not a huge fucking loser that still lives in my mom's basement and DMs college students. Um, so... Uh, good for him. I mean, I think it's a little bit weird and petty, but like also it'd be, I'd probably do the same thing. I mean, I couldn't see myself doing something similar. It's not as weird and petty as fans doing it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. I can mean, Credit to Bohannon. He blocked the the Black Art Gold's Pants Twitter account at the beginning of the season because he didn't like things oh we God. said about him and Gabe. I already forgot about that. And uh, and tried to know, say he didn't what we were called, even though uh, yeah, exactly. Who, but we called. credit to him. Like I think when I think about the change that Fran did, putting Tony Perkins into the starting lineup first. Mm. First, it was getting Bohannon back into the point, but increasingly, increasingly it's Tony Perkins is playing kind of that point guard. And I think that cannot be undersold in terms of what provides Iowa an ability to win games in March now, because he is a guy who can go out and get his own shot. Iowa was struggling at times against Purdue. And he would get into the lane, hit that 10 to 12 footer and keep Iowa's offensive float while they were playing those super weird lineups. And that's something that Iowa hasn't had in the past. Like 
Gazelle and Clemens were decent, but not. I think Gazelle was a great athlete because he could dunk by being and was six foot. But Perkins is on another level with that in terms of his dribble drive ability, his ability to hit those mid range jumpers and getting guys the ball where they can score as well. And to me, I think that how the they've closed games with Perkins, Bohannon, McCaffrey, and the Murrays, that's a really good that's a really good closing five. And I think Perkins being great, Bohannon hitting shots, Connor doing freaking Connor things and the Murrays doing Murray things, I think that there's reason to believe. Perkins, even I found myself saying this even more so than with Keegan yesterday as the game we're on, I found myself saying, yelling, get the ball to Perkins. And he's mm-hmm. the only other player on the Iowa team, at least yesterday, where I, besides Keegan, obviously, I, I would say that about. A uh, uh, dark horse in that discussion is Peyton Sanford. The, the, yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> the shooter, like, this is where I. Four think, for four yesterday. Yeah. And this is where I think Fran's decision to play the non-conference that he did worked wonders. Mm. The confidence that Perkins built, the confidence that Sanford built, the the kid plays with no conscience. Like the second three he took, if I'm remembering correctly, catch ball. His, defen- ball. his defender was on him like wide on rice, and I I don't know how he got that shot off, other than the fact that. He, he knew where he was. He was confident he could hit it. And it's a shot he's hit his whole life. And there's just so many ways that Iowa can score the basketball that, man, they they are going to lose. But it's going to be tough to, tough to make them lose. Scott Docterman said that teams like Wisconsin and Iowa don't win championships. Do you agree or disagree with that? Wisconsin, I would say almost certainly yes, but like, I know it's a a weird comparison. You look at that Virginia team where they had multiple ball handlers. They had in Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. They had like the NBA wing type player in um, DeAndre Hunter who was a lottery pick who didn't who, who's I think probably played fine, but you know, um, was their best athlete. And then they had Dia Diabate, I think was the, the other one. And I guess, uh, Kihei Clark, right. So that was kind of their five that they would close with. Iowa has some of that, man. Like I, I, they don't have necessarily like a Diabate type athlete. Um, no, I'm saying the wrong name. Oh God. Because Diabate is the Diabate's, player. Diabate is Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, um, I don't know. Who. Let me let me get this because now I feel like an idiot. Um, I, I know who you're talking about. I was at that freaking championship game. Oh God. Um, DeAndre. Hunter. I mean, I was, Dia, I was, Diakite. Diakite. Okay. okay. I feel I feel better about that now. Um, yeah. But Iowa has elements of that. They have three ball handlers. They have an NBA player 
in Keegan Murray. And Another they don't have a DT. But yeah. They, I don't they, know. Don't I, I'm not feel- saying that they can win, but like they have the, the, the pieces. Wisconsin, I'm much, much less optimistic about the, their fortunes outside of the bracket that they're in. I don't know. I just, I just come away remembering how freaking athletic and good Kyle Guy was from that team. And I don't – I mean, nothing against – Yeah, I mean, you're comparing him to Connor, right? I mean I – was, I was going to say Perkins, but – yeah. And heck, even shoot, Ty Jerome's in the league. I mean, Ty Jerome was a yeah. he, he's another NBA point guard. Nothing, you know. Maybe you get a little bit of. You really don't <laughs> yeah. sacrifice too much when you put in Toussaint on on the defensive end. I think like Toussaint was absolutely incredible mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, he's really coming into his own as the season wears on. Like I wish he kind of, I don't know where you could have thrown him, but I wish he would have you know played a little bit more. At least he what he have yesterday. He had oh, he, only ten minutes. Like yeah, it was only had five, only five more seconds in a goon delay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess so. You haven't answered. So you think Iowa with a rabbit rabbit's foot up its ass this year could win it? Is kind of what you're saying. I I don't think Dickie V's bracket is that insane. Like him having it was Iowa Kentucky, right? Iowa, Kentucky, Kentucky, the team I am most, the two teams I'm most afraid of in a hypothetical, who do you play are Gonzaga and Arizona. Arizona. Iowa played them as one seed. So I feel good about that. Then it was Kentucky just because um, I can never pronounce his name. Should be way. I I think is how how it's pronounced. Um, the guy who will probably win National Player of the Year. He's just such a an elite athlete at the center. Uh, Iowa would probably struggle. And then, you know, like you said, like Iowa could probably get Auburn. Like, but this, to your point, this is this is getting ahead of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they they have to win the ones in front of them, the one in front of them, and then the next one in front of them, mm-hmm. which I'm optimistic about. Me too. So Ben, been 40 minutes. We've been celebratory and a little all over the place. Um, Mm. What, I guess, do you have any, any final thoughts on this? Not necessarily regular season, but regular season slash conference tournament. Uh, no, no, not really. Okay. Okay. I think I was wrong about, I, I think, the tournament, the Big Ten tournament, doesn't necessarily matter, but that doesn't mean it isn't sweet to win it, right? I think that's that's my my takeaway. I mean, as I was watching the games this weekend, I was just kind of thinking to myself, "What is the reason for this other than for our entertainment?" And maybe that's reason good enough for itself by itself. That's one hundred percent it. That's one hundred percent it. And I mean, the, you know, you tick some boxes like. And obviously, the kid, I mean, the kids like playing in it. If we do it for the kids, Harrison, we're a kids first podcast. They get rings. Like, I mean, I think that that yeah. is something that is. They're going to have this forever. And I've talked snarkily about 
the 2006 team on this podcast before. They have those rings. So uh, we can't take it away from them unless they decide to sell them for some reason. But good for them. Good for them. And I am very happy because as we talked about at the, the top of it, you know, there, there is a certain amount of validation that goes to it for Fran. Um, and I think that that's really cool. So uh, I guess let's turn a little bit to the women's team playing Illinois State in Iowa City, number two seed on Friday. Ooh. Uh, ben Ross, will you be making the trek over to Iowa City <laughs> to help sell out Carver Arena? on a Friday afternoon? Uh, unfortunately, PTO is hard to come by these days after spending better part of a month in Arizona. Um, yeah. But I, so then the second round, they potentially draw Colorado or Creighton then in the next game in, in Iowa City then too? Yeah, that would be – if Iowa wins, they play the, the winner of Creighton, Colorado. Creighton, if Creighton advanced, that would be a crazy game. It would. They, uh, they would probably draw. Don't, don't yeah, gather a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just pretty cr- awesome to see, what, women and men both win the tournament uh, in the same Going year. all gold. And then uh, Iowa football made to the Big Ten tournament or Big Ten championship three months ago. So, like, yeah, are we are we the best? In in some circles, they are. Yeah, they certainly are. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's we were talking about. You know, what would constitute success for a Silo men's team? What's what would it be for women? They already they won both the Big Ten regular season and the Big Ten championship, and they're a two seed, and so they're expectations are even higher. Yeah, I think they're, it's kind of threefold, right? Because one, they have that two seed, right? So seed wise, they're projected to get to the elite eight. So that has its own measure of success. Um, The fact that they got to the elite eight in Gustafson's senior year, I think that that adds it as like a, uh, way to feel like that isn't an unrealistic expectation as well. I think that that's part of it. Um, but I don't think not getting there would be any lack of success. Um, simply because the team, again, going seed wise, right? Like weird things can happen in Iowa City. Don't want to mark them in pen in. But an Iowa State matchup looming in Greensboro, North Carolina, and that feels like an all bets are off type of game. And I think some of it's unfair to to both teams just because they had already played in this season. Obviously, Iowa State won at home, um, but you know, I, I think you you. Uh, you win and then you, you determine how successful it is uh, once you get to the, to the next round. So I would say that would be 
getting to the Elite Eight would be an unmitigated success. Sweet 16, successful year, especially, as you said, winning both uh, the conference regular season and the tournament. But what it also sets up right is South Carolina versus Iowa, Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, and I think that, you know, Iowa's going to have some juice in this tournament, I think. Not that's, that not that they I, wouldn't that's, otherwise, that's, but... A Clark-Boston matchup is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see them guard each other a grand total of zero times. <laughs> probably, probably. If it were to, if it were Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, good times, Ben. Good times. Um, I guess anything else on, on the women's side? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Spending all my energy on my emotional energy is with with the McCaffrey's, the family business. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty well allocated to the family business TM, Mm -hmm. uh, John Rothstein. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's good. Uh, I was thinking about that today. It's like, so is Iowa football. But, like, it's not to be proud of. It's way less cool. I think that's funny because it's, like, it's it's fun to call it the family business for basketball. One, because there are less people involved. I was right? about to say and, it's because there's 10 people on the team. <laughs> and I think the fact that you also – you have both the McCaffreys and the Murrays adds to it. Oh, I don't even think of the Murrays, yeah. Um, and then just like Jordan Bohannon's been around so long, he's basically part he's of the grand- family. Grandpa. He's the consigliere. Yeah. Is that is yeah. that what Jordan Bohannon is? He's the consigliere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't want to talk about where Connor goes next, but I actually think I'd be disappointed if he ended up as Fran's grad assistant. I'm curious to see where he ends up. I bet Fran has to have the wherewithal to tell him go somewhere else, go, go, go to the East coast. I mean, Frank can call up any number of those New York schools and get get Connor GA job there. I want to see him go the NBA route. That would be super interesting to me. Like the NBA video coordinator. I was about to say he would have to start as like a video scout, right? Yeah. I think that would be, that's the most interesting one to me. Like the just because I, I think about Grant Gibbs um, went to my high school. He that's kind of the direction he went after his pro career ended. Kind of the same way that Connors figures to right, just because they've accumulated so many injuries. And mm-hmm. look at him; he's the the head coach of the Oklahoma City uh, G League team. I think that that's the type of trajectory I could see Connor have, but. Let's not get that for it. That's <laughs> crazy. I mean, yeah, that'd post. be crazy. Yeah, I don't. So, alrighty, Ben. It's been it's been an evening. Uh, any 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 more final thoughts as we settle in to watch the the family business in a couple of days? Are you taking? Oh, where where are you going to be watching it? Yeah, as, that was question. my question. Is are you taking any time off Thursday or Friday? Oh, oh, my friends, this is the weekend I wait for every year. Thursday, Friday off. Yeah. So Are you be watching the, at home or will you be yeah. relocating or? Yeah. So I think the plan for us on Thursday, and this can all go to hell if 
my son gets sick and right. forces us to to stay home and watch him is hey uh catch the first round of games on thursday at an establishment um throw back a beer or two eat some good food watch some games probably start you know losing more money as i have uh in the the big 10 punks oh well then friday i think we're gonna blow it out i think that'll be uh and ex- a more extended time because I have to get back home to watch the Iowa game. I just feel like uh, I just get too on edge if I am in po- period. I get on edge, but the uh, I get uncomfortable, uncomfy watching watching uh, anywhere else other than the confines of my living room. Yeah, I'll de- I'm kind of saving myself for hopefully the weekend. I'm just yeah. gonna be watching. I went to my work calendar first thing this morning before work even started at 7am to block off my entire afternoon on Thursday. And I saw that there was already like a full company wide virtual happy, like cocktail making class, stupid morale morale boosting thing at right at Iowa tip. And I was like, awesome. I can hide for during this. I've got a built in (laughs) (laughs) built in excuse already. And then, I mean, Fridays are, are fake. And hopefully Saturday, if uh, I was playing, will be uh, we're gonna go all out for that. Do you feel uh, good or bad about the location that I was in? Good or bad about the time? Buffalo, New York, like one thirty, two two thirty, I think. To I really, honestly, I'm kind of surprised. Obviously, the community doesn't care, but I was kind of hoping they get the Friday game just for one more day of yeah. rest. But Richmond. They are. They played on Sunday as well. Um, yeah, same boat. I, you know, I don't even want to talk about like fatigue or anything because I know like Brad Underwood. They've been playing his clips of him saying that he thinks Illinois lost because they made they won the Big Ten tournament last year. And it's like think about all the teams. Like Kansas has never used that as an excuse. Duke's never used that as as an excuse. Kentucky has never used that as, as an excuse. So it's just it's just BS. It's. Here, here's the thing about what Brad Underwood said. Last year, they were ticked off that they didn't win the regular season on whatever technicality the conference decided. Oh, so, yeah. So they had to go out and prove it. They put in a ton of emotional capital to it. Immediately. Like, the, I went back and was looking at who they played. That Iowa game was stressful as hell. The Ohio State game went to overtime. Uh, whoever they played the the first day, I can't remember, but like they had three games that were just like boom, boom, boom. It was oh, it was Rutgers, and they they won by twenty points. It was never really in question. So hey, they got one. In some ways, like Iowa's was a little bit the same, but also kind of different because they had that first game. It almost felt like there wasn't that immediate. Like, oh, they're super emotionally invested into it. They just played so well against Northwestern that it was like just kind of slowly peaked. They controlled the game against Rutgers, even though that was physical. And then, like, the, the Indiana game, the Indiana and Purdue game, those were some haymakers that the teams threw. But those were kind of the teams that I would have wanted to play. I wouldn't have wanted to play 
Illinois and Michigan State or Illinois and Wisconsin, teams that were going to be even more haymakery. I think Iowa Iowa had a really nice path. I know Gukin got some grief about it before, but it turned out even nicer for Iowa uh, than than it was. But I think they're coming out of four games in four days as well as they could. Mm-hmm. And like healthy, and we saw that everybody can play. You know, so if twelve deep, man. I, I'm just uh, fourteen deep. Let's not really? forget Luke Luke, Luke Lucetta. Mm-hmm. So, alrighty, man. Uh, well, I'll probably we'll we'll talk. I'm sure later this week. Might might do a, a crying to our beers podcast. If don't say that, uh, I will. I will wins or loses. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Happy tears. Happy tears. Happy tears. So for that, Ben Ross, Harmon Chillibrew. Harrison Starr, go Hawks. We're mad again.